Hello, Pop-Tarts, and welcome to Gilmore, a podcast where two adult women who know way too much about Gilmore Girls discuss and over-discuss each episode one by one. I'm Rachel. I'm Lindsay. <laughs> I caught Lindsay mid-swallow of her water. I a drink of water, <laughs> fully knowing that I was going to need to talk. That's okay. That's okay. Second. That's it's the fine. energy we're bringing today. We are here at the local library. Shout out to libraries. Um, today, we are discussing season one, episode 16, Star-Crossed Lovers and Other Strangers. Nice. I love this episode. It is, there are so many good one-liners. I like all of my notes are good yes. one-liners. It's, it's funny be because great. Lindsay and I have been talking about this because the last two weeks have been like, we're hot take spicy episodes. And Lindsay's like, oh, I'm so excited for Starcrest Lovers and Other Strangers. And I, as we'll get to, was focused on one particular part of it. And I was like, why does Lindsay like this so much? And then I rethought and I was like, oh, because everything else is everything pretty else delightful. Everything else is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Like, like. There's Almost you want to just write it all down and be like, this is a, this whole five, 10 minute section is amazing. That's what I did. Yeah. Literally my notes is like Me all too. quotes. <laughs> so too. it's going to be great. So do you want to start with a recap? All right. Sure. Let me see how I do. Okay. Okay. So it is the Stars Hall of Firelight Festival. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the theme that is playing throughout the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And it sort of intertwines with both of the plots. Uh, so Rory and Dean, it is their three-month anniversary. And so Dean decides to plan this whole thing and make a big night of it. And so they go on their three-month anniversary date. Mm-hmm. And it goes well um, at first. And then he gives her a car, which is <laughs> insane. And we'll get to that. And then... He tells her that she he loves her and she doesn't know how to respond. And so um, that's not great. And then meanwhile, Lorelai is having a hard time. She really misses Max. Mm-hmm. There's all of this love everywhere because the Firelight Festival is like a love festival or some winter love festival or something. Yeah. And meanwhile, she's like trying to vent to Luke and there's the will they won't they with Luke. Mm-hmm. And then partway through the episode... The former flame that we learned about Mm -hmm. um, a while back, Rachel, shows up. And then we kind of wrap up the end of the episode with Rory getting dumped by Dean, but we don't have any information. Mm -hmm. There's also, I did skip over the hysterical and wonderful blind date that Emily sets her up on. (laughs) And so that'll, we'll get to that later. So while Rory's on her date, Lorelai is on a blind date Mm -hmm. at Friday Friday night night dinner. Yep. And so then she gets home, and then that's when Rory walks in mm-hmm. and says he broke up with me, and that's really the end of the episode. Yeah, it's kind of not cliffhanger, but kind of cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, it ends abruptly. So great job. That was great. So where do you want to start? Do you have anything you want to start with? Why don't you, you said you had some pretty specific takes. <sighs> let's, so let's let's come in hot. There, okay, so I'm not going to we'll, try to be we'll as hot. Around. My thing is, yes, this is a delightful episode, except for Dean, which, <sighs> shock again. But he's he's pretty okay, I feel like until the car scene, which two things, like you said, which I, I, again, deep breath. I don't want to get into the car right now. My biggest thing is I, over the years have grown to really hate that he says, I love you. And she doesn't say anything back. And he just gets super mad. Yeah. And then we don't see it but proceeds to break up with her. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like there is an element of 16-year-old-ness to like you tell someone you love them and they don't say anything back and that could be awkward and it's vulnerable and scary, but the way he reacts and the things he says Mm -hmm. are very Dean 
and why Dean is not great. It's one thing to say I love you and have someone not say it back. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen to me. Mm-hmm. I would never argue with them about why they should feel that way. Right. Or get mad at them and say horrible, hurtful things oh, to them yes, yeah. because they couldn't say it back. Right. Especially in the moment. Like I've said that to somebody and they didn't say it back. Mm-hmm. And eventually we broke up, but it mm. was like maybe a month later mm-hmm. because it was like us just kind of me feeling it out and just mm. whatever. And then eventually I was like, you know, I don't want to be with someone who's not in the same place with me. And right. I get that you're right. not And there. that's valid. Like that kind of feeling of like, maybe we're not on the same page. Maybe we don't feel the same way about each other. Totally. That's valid. Like, Yes. Totally, but it wasn't in the moment. Right, it's it not a knee-jerk reaction. Like, I'm going to say this, I, you don't have to say it back, mm-hmm. it's fine. And then eventually he was like, I just am not there yet, and right. I don't know that I'm ready to be in a relationship like that. And I was like, okay, well then I can't be with you. Right. I walked away from that going, that was hard and it hurt, but mm-hmm. I was never, I never got mean, I don't think. I mean, maybe if that person happens <laughs> to be listening to this podcast, which the chances of that are small, but um, maybe I was mean and you're welcome to tell me, but I actually don't think it's a, I don't think it's a problem to break up with somebody if they don't reciprocate your feelings, but how this happened mm-hmm. and what he said, you're right, mm-hmm. is what makes it so egregious. Where right. it's like, you don't get pregnant by saying I love you. Like, uh, oh, okay. I hate you forever. Okay, here, yes. And this is what I mean about all my hot takes are based in that whole conversation. Because first of all, when she says... Think about it from my point of view. I mean, my mom and our life... I mean... My mom said that she loved my dad, and then... And then, yeah, he comes back with... You don't get pregnant saying, I love you. That's not the problem. That is he a, walked away. That is not what she was saying. Mm-hmm. She was saying what... She, I can tell, because, again, we know Rory, and that's the underlying frustration of this is, like, Dean, you know Rory. And then he even digs her about... I mean, go home and discuss it with your mother? Make, make one of your pro-con lists? It's just like... If he weaponizes Lorelai She again, should gonna... have punched him in the face. Yeah. It's like he's undercutting her and her processes and her thinking. Because it's not like she says, "You, I don't love you. I don't feel the same way. She says, it's a lot. I'm confused. I have to think about you it. You know she thinks about everything. Right. And so... Yes, it makes me mad that he says you don't get pregnant because that's not what she's saying. What Mm -hmm. she's saying is I have this past of parents who loved each other, but look what happened. So what does she, it's like she's saying, what does saying I love you actually mean? And I haven't thought through Mm -hmm. that because I haven't had to. Mm -hmm. And then for him to say the pro con and all that, it's like, Dean, no, like you, and then you wonder why she's not saying I love you Mm -hmm. because you're in the moment saying literally all horrible things to her. Yeah. <laughs> like you're horrible. And, and it's again that case that we've talked about where he I think he loves who he w- wants Rory to be. Yes. Yes. He loves this idea of Rory when she seems amenable and shapeable. Oh and yeah, formable. like when she loves the car and they have a great dinner and everything's wonderful and then he's like I love you and expects her to say I love you back and the minute she doesn't act how he wants her to, mm-hmm. he turns. Exactly. Which means and everything. Mean. Yes, it's not just like I'm hurt and mm-hmm. I have to think, like you were saying, I have to think about this. It's like, and just even the transactional nature, mm-hmm. I think that's that's the real, it really shows here yeah. because it's like, it's already kind of been there, the transactional nature of how he feels. And this is very much like totally the pinnacle of that. Like, oh, you didn't say I love you back. And that's why I said it. And now we're done. Mm-hmm. So that's my, yeah, that's my biggest thing about this is just I again as the years have gone on and I've watched this Mm -hmm. I've gotten less and less patience for it because I'm like no that's not okay it's not why you say I love you it's Mm -hmm. not how you 
talk to somebody you supposedly love. That is not how you treat somebody that you actually love, especially if it's someone that you feel like you know really well. Yeah. Because if he actually loved her, he would give her time. If he actually knew Mm -hmm. her, he would know she needs time. Right. This whole thing is insane. It is. Dean is terrible. Yeah. So that is my biggest, like pet peeve with Mm -hmm. Dean. Oh, totally. I don't love the car. I mean, you and I have talked about this and I even looked it up. Like we've talked about it as love bombing and there is an argument to be made of the fact that they are together, but at the same time, they've only been together three months and it's just, it feels like a very over the top gift. It is so inappropriate. And like, yes, he's making it. So it's not like he bought her a 15, $20,000 car, but it's still like, no. And then his reason behind it saying, what? I didn't want you wasting time on the bus anymore. I mean, that is very valuable time. We could be arguing about your ongoing obsession with very confusing Russian authors. But she still will have to drive the car, so she's not saving time. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. It, oh, it's so inappropriate. Yeah. Absolutely zero times out of a million would I let my daughter accept a car right. from her teenage boyfriend, right. whether he made it, whether he found it, <laughs> whether his dad was a bajillionaire <laughs> just and said, had an extra, had an, it, like I, right. he went fishing for it and pulled it out of the right. river. You are not getting a car <laughs> yeah. from your teenage boyfriend, yeah. especially, especially at three months, especially with someone that you've been with for three months and you are 16 years. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Not. Yeah. It is so inappropriate and so over the top. Yeah. So and it is a top. TV show and stuff, but it's like Gilmore Girls isn't really that way. I mean, yeah, there are things that are it's over the top that happen. Realistic ish realm. But this, yeah, is a little much. So mm-hmm. that's the secondary thing. And then just from a story perspective, which doesn't necessarily, I mean, it has to do with Dean, but it's not against Dean, is mm-hmm. I, I, and I think you and I talked about this off mic, I wish we could have seen what the conversation was between Rory and Dean mm-hmm. of him breaking up with her. Like, because he's like, I'm going to take you home. And then I'm always like, but what was that conversation? Because we never hear it. it was we probably don't. something terrible and abrupt, like, I don't want to be with you anymore. Bye. Yeah, it probably was. It's the worst. It is. Yeah. He, it, so I have no love for Dean in this episode. And I was so angry. Like, Do you need the caveat of in this episode? Yeah, but I'm saying like, it was like where so far this has peaked where I was like, mm-hmm. I'm giving the dino meter a 10. I got so annoyed in this one that I was like, no, you're done. I'm done with you right now. <laughs> I will give And him- to break up with her over it. That's, yeah. I think it's, you know yeah. what I mean? It's both. I give him like probably an eight and a half or nine. Okay. Only because... I mean, I know he does get worse. He doesn't, like, he says really terrible <laughs> stuff, but at least he doesn't quite yell at her. Like, Yeah. That's what, and that's what we'll I mean. He does get worse, but I was, that's what I mean about being over it. I was yeah. like, okay, I've tried to be kind of nice, only knowing what we know so far. And this one, I was like, no, this is not okay. Every time... She needs to process something, like you said before. He weaponizes it. Like, you only think that because your mom feels that right? way. Right? Do you want to go And he weaponizes her relationship with her mom. He, yeah, or do you, you need to make a pro-con list about it. Like, he weaponizes her entire process mm-hmm. that those thoughtful processes, those intentional ways of thinking and ways of seeing the world, that is what makes her, like, her so wonderful in so many other ways like right that's why she, that's how she's done so well academically mm-hmm. that's why she has these really strong and good relationships with the people in her life like that makes her her and he's weaponizing that right like you do not love her dean you no. love an idea of her right that you're trying to you're more trying- and more mold her mm-hmm. into and i think also it just i mean 
if not for all the egregious reasons we just said. It really bothers me because, again, I am Rory. Like, I very much feel that in my bones of having a boyfriend because when I was about 15, 16, I had the boyfriend who I think probably did say I love you first, and I was very much like Rory and was like, what does this mean to say I love you? And do I love you? And because I'm very thoughtful slash overthinking, we can (laughs) say it's two sides of the same coin. But what I'm saying is like, I, again, I can very much Mm -hmm. identify with her of being like, it doesn't mean I don't feel things for you, but it means something to me to say that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to just say it out of emotion in the moment like Well, and Dean it doesn't does. mean that you don't love that person. Right. It just right. means that this is the first time you're being presented with that category of language in this context and you need to feel it out. Right. And and, th- and I th- yeah, and it's his just complete lack of understanding. Also as a side note with Dean is where did he get all this money to like have a nice dinner? Because next season, spoiler alert with the bit of basket, we won't go totally into it, but he's the one who doesn't have enough money. Like where did he get all well, this he money? He saved up all his money. Maybe he did for 3 months to woo her. I mean not the car so much because it does seem like that's kind of just salvaged parts, but sure. um okay, so that's Dean. Let's wash our hands of that. What do you want to talk about next? Let's start with just kind of the opening scene of this episode. I love yes. how choreographed it is. Yes. Like there's so every It's all one take. It's all one big shot. Yeah. One big it's moving amazing. shot. It's the entire town. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, like all of the characters mm-hmm. are participating mm-hmm. in something. Everyone's carrying something. Everyone's walking from one place to another. Mm-hmm. There's all of these giant oversized props <laughs> and everyone looks happy. Yes. Um, and so it's just a fun sort of like scenescape of mm-hmm. Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. And so I always love how that is. And it's so, like, I love how choreographed it is to really make it so everything is timed and you see everybody, you know, mm-hmm. in, in unique shots but and all I th- moving together. I think that's become more of a thing. But, and so people, I think, watching it are less like wowed by it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, that was pretty big. And Gilmore Girls was known for walk and talks. Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, as the seasons go on, there are really long takes that they don't cut away. And you're like, that's a lot of dialogue mm-hmm. for Rory and or like Rory and Lorelai to be saying while walking through the town. Oh, totally. And so this doesn't have dialogue. It has the voiceover. But it's like a beautifully shot and choreographed thing that you're like, that took a lot of work mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And I love, oh, my gosh, I love the voiceover. I love that Miss Patty <laughs> is telling this story. Yes. This, boys and girls, is a story of true love. A beautiful girl from one county, a handsome boy from another. They meet and they fall in love. So you really understand, like, what this festival is to Mm -hmm. the town. Right. And get a little bit of, like, Stars Hollow, like, mystic origin story. There's always, like, something overly romantic about the founding. (laughs) And then... She's just there telling a story to kids, and it's Miss Patty's story hour. And then she's standing at the doorway smoking a cigarette, which (laughs) I think is hysterical. (laughs) And she finishes her story, and then she just says, Who wants to hear about the time I danced in the cage for Tito Puente? Had that as inappropriate Miss Patty. Patty. Yeah, because it's like this gorgeous story, and then she's like, wait, i got to turn it to a little something, a little saucy. (laughs) But it's just like everything about Miss Patty. It's like, And all the kids are like, yay! It's wonderful and (laughs) romantic and fun and Mm -hmm. artsy and creative, and she's 
face. And then she's standing there smoking a cigarette, just being Miss Patty. Yep. And then she just turns the corner to like, oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And yeah. the kids are like, yay! Yay! Which is why, like you said in your recap, you said that it's a romantic festival for some reason. I think that's why. Because I think they like to focus mm-hmm. on not the founding as much, but as the like... The founding had to do with these two lovers mm-hmm. who like found each other. I know you hate that word. These two like people in love who yeah. found each other in Stars Hollow and build the bonfire, or whatever. Oh yeah, and I love that later on we see Taylor and Miss Patty fighting over it. He <laughs> wants it to be some dramatic like macabre thing, and she's like, "They were in love." And then Luke's like, "The town of Stars Hollow probably got its name from the local dance hall prostitute." <laughs> and it's just, which is actually a pretty like blue joke if you think about it. But it's also like. <laughs> <laughs> there's a realistic possibility oh, yeah. that it was and it's just so funny mm-hmm. because it's like it jo- it shows their per- those three personalities mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. intensely it's del- well even as we've talked about like rants like that's a Luke rant when he mm-hmm. goes on and on and on about oh, the they whole, probably died the of dysentery or diphtheria or whatever yeah it's so good it's just great and then Lorelai's response is you are full of hate and loathing and I gotta tell you I love it <laughs> like I want to say that to people all the time <laughs> okay so then let's just carry on that scene in that scene Luke and Lorelai are talking mm-hmm. and sharing their hate and in walks Rachel mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts on Rachel Thus far, I guess, because, or or broadly, I mean, it's again, it's hard to kind of be linear because we've seen other episodes, but. Okay, so it's mixed. In this episode, I don't love her. Okay. Like, I do really think she is Elle McPherson beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like Suki said, I think she's impetuous and that's kind of what makes her who she is. Mm-hmm. I think that she's fun and wonderful, mm-hmm. but I really don't like her in this episode because I think it's so, like egregiously disrespectful of the reality of her relationship with Luke to just show mm. up and expect him to be happy to see her. Like, yeah. She's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't sound all that happy to see me. You bailed on me. Right. So many times you did. I didn't know you were coming. You just showed up like you even when you were telling me how you ended up here, you weren't like, I've been thinking about this. I miss you. I'm <laughs> right. sorry. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, I don't know. I just got on a plane. I saw the name Hartford and was and like, let's go. Up, yeah. It's like, so I just really dislike the fact that she thinks that her behavior and the way she like, we know how hurt Luke was. Mm-hmm. Like, has no ramifications, and he should just be happy to see her. Right. Like, that I really don't like. But, and we'll get to this more um, in the next episode, but Rachel as a person Mm -hmm. and even as a character on the show, I actually really like. I do, too. I do, too. That's why I asked. Because I think, okay, backing up, and I don't know if it was in this one or even the next episode. I think it's in a few episodes from here. Rachel says something about her bailing on Luke a million times before, Mm -hmm. which always confuses me and Maybe, I mean, obviously I'm jumping ahead, but it goes with what you were just saying of, is this a pattern mm-hmm. or did she leave once and not come back? Or are we th- or are we supposed to think no, she I left, think she came back, left, lot. came back? So to me, not that it makes it any better, but the fact that she did just show up, obviously she hasn't learned from that. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, it's not great, but there is to me an element of while Luke wouldn't necessarily be pleased he is used to it mm-hmm. it's kind of like christopher and it you know what i mean of like yeah, oh she just like shows up it before but you're right i mean he she doesn't know what's his what's going on in his life mm-hmm. like he could have gotten married or whatever like she's like tell me what's going on with lorelei okay like, see but you left it was so funny you don't get the right to wonder what's no, right. happening in my relationship but what i'd be upset if there's something going but on but see i don't read it at all as upset like and that's kind of why i like rachel is my thing was gonna i was gonna say is that i think when i first watched this like 
with Max. I didn't like Rachel because she was a hindrance to Luke and Lorelai. Sure. So I remember when she first showed up, I was like, oh no, Luke and Lorelai have to be together. Mm -hmm. But now on Thousands Viewing. I really like Rachel. I really like Rachel. And one of the reasons, especially in this first episode, I really like her is that when she's sitting there at the, I almost said at the bar, at the at the counter with mm -hmm. Lorelai, she doesn't seem threatened. Mm -hmm. She's kind to Lorelai. She's not nasty. It's not the typical TV, like, sure. nastiness women. And and Lorelai isn't either. Lorelai's kind of a bumbling fool, which is funny. So funny. But it is, neither of them have this, like, competition, sure. which I like. And I like that Rachel doesn't ever have that setup of, like, a competition. And I don't even feel like when she asks Luke about Lorelai that it really even is angry. I feel like it is I a fair question. Angry, and it is a fair question, but she does seem like you, you know, like, you got to tell me about this. And it's like, yeah, you know, he, he doesn't, doesn't owe her. you anything. Right, right. Um, and so I don't think she's acting threatened, but I do think she's, like, she's trying to get information that she feels like that she deserves, but she doesn't actually deserve anything. Right, right. Um, but I do love, like you said, I love Rachel. And I actually, like, in later episodes, I love Rachel and Laura. Me too, me too. I think they are amazing <laughs> together. Too. So it's it's one yeah. of those things where it's like, had they never built the tension of Luke and Lorelai, mm -hmm. like, I think Rachel would just be this delightful, funny yeah. addition to the show. Right. But then, of course, because we've got this other tension mm -hmm. happening, and in real time, we were like, Oh my gosh, this can't happen. Yeah. It, we, and that's what I mean the same we about had Max. Our own kind of thoughts about right. Rachel that, in hindsight, I think are not worth it. But I do love that you mentioned the conversation that she has with Lorelai when she first walks in. And she's like, <laughs> Well, so you understand about the job pressure. And then, and when she walks in, and Luke is like, I thought you were in the Congo or Philadelphia or something. Actually, though very similar to both the Congo and Philadelphia, I uh, I was in the Mideast. Huh. That's part of why I like her so much yes. is because she just like rolls with what she does say, roll with it. Yep, and she makes it funny. And um, but that whole scene is just I hysterical. love when Lorelai says it's okay. You're not. I have to go sit in a closet or something. <laughs> and so I love funny. that even Rachel's like, well, don't let me drive you away. Like you can tell it's yeah, cute totally. again on like more detailed watching. Rachel wants to connect with Luke, and that's obviously why she shows up. But she's not rude to Lorelai. She's not, in like, invading it. It's, she's kind of, like, humoring Lorelai in her m rambling about the coffee makers mm -hmm. and whatever. So, mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things I want to, like, touch on that I think we'll, like, we see in bits and pieces throughout where it's, like, because this is a pop culture show, mm -hmm. um, what makes me, like, sad is that this is one of those incidences where we see like some things never change over the course of history mm -hmm. because she was doing a story on the conflict in the Middle East mm -hmm. between Israeli and Palestinian families. I know, and I know. We're, like in the weeds of that right now. I know. It just feels like that made me feel really heavy of like we're still here. 23, four years later. Years yeah. Later. And so I wonder if Rachel's back in Israel mm -hmm. in Palestine. Mm -hmm. And I do... Like kind of last week, we got a little bit of Lorelai's perspective on why on her and Luke with Emily, and we get a little bit from Luke with Rachel when they're sitting on the bench where he's she is like, "What's mm -hmm. the deal with Lorelai?" And he says, "Lorelai is, you know, she's just. Um, I mean, at times it seems like uh, I, I don't know." It's very vague, mm -hmm. but again, it's like at least something from his perspective. More well, to come on that. Well, and we have that scene <laughs> where they are, um, like, Lorelai and Luke are on the bench, and they're talking, and they she even mm. says, like, That's it? You're not curious why? No. That's what I love about you. 
I just think that whole scene is so charming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the scene that we get the photograph later. Yes, yes. And so I sent you, and you I don't think you had ever mm-hmm. seen it, the blooper. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put it, I'll put the clip in here, and then I'll try to post it on our, our Instagram. But every time I see this scene, I think of the blooper. That's why I love you. Hey, you been here long? I just realized that I said I love you, which is not really the line. I love you too. <laughs> well, then the show's over. Okay. Um, I love bloopers of TV shows, but mm-hmm. there aren't a lot for Gilmore Girls. And I remember reading or like reading people's theories back in the day was that they didn't have a ton because they weren't they weren't funny if they screwed up because their their scripts were so long that it was like if they screwed up it was like no you just have to go again like we don't have time to sit and laugh and like mm-hmm. joke it was like so rigorous because of the amount of text that they had they to had get so through so much dialogue to get through because yeah. like i think i remember reading that a normal like 45 minute whatever show script was 60 pages and theirs were like 100 okay let's talk about the dinners yeah oh my gosh, there's yes. two dinners that are happening at the same time yes yes okay so uh really quick let's talk about the Rory and Dean dinner mm-hmm. just because there's not a lot there. Mm-hmm. Who eats three kinds of pasta? Like, wh- you're going to be so sick, Rory. Or I was thinking, or she just kind of like picked at each one, like as a little like, because he said he could, she said she couldn't decide. So but, I thought it was like she was going to do like a little sampler. But that's like insane. And then there was no leftovers. There's All no she leftovers. gets is the meatball. And you're so it's like three kinds of pasta. <laughs> yeah. That's so, you're going to be so sick. Even one type of pasta sometimes is a lot at a restaurant like I that. Know. It's like, you got to take it home. But it's, you know what, Lindsay? Dean loves her. Dean that's why he did her. it. That's why he gave her a car. He loves her. took her to a junkyard. <laughs> Ew. He and, loves her so much. And... Like, I don't know anything about fixing up cars. Same. So if there's any, like, mechanic Pop-Tarts out Mm -hmm. there or Pop-Tarts that know mechanics, ask them. (laughs) Mechanic-adjacent Pop-Tarts? Yeah. When you fix up a car, you don't actually do it in the junkyard, do you? You, like, take it out of the junkyard and you take it to, like, a place where you can have tools and a jack Yeah, you do it like stuff. at a garage. Maybe that is like the back of his dad's shop. Like maybe it's like a rented space that, I, yeah, but it is very weird. Stop it, Dean. Okay, so let's yeah. move on to the better. Um, the other dinner. The better dinner. Yes. So Rory gets out of dinner because, and Emily just like lets her out of mm-hmm. it. And then I love the conversation. You, you know, she's going to need some help getting ready for the big night, mom. So I, I should probably. We'll see you at seven. <laughs> Nothing. Like, no, you're not going. You're yeah. No outs for, no out for, for you. Lorelai. So then she gets to dinner. And how rude is Richard that he's just like, he's still reading his paper. I know he did that in the first, very first episode. Yeah. But he doesn't really act like that when it's Lorelai and Rory. But I think like we've talked about, he connects with Rory and he doesn't really connect with Lorelai. So know, because it's, it's Lorelai, he's just so like, horrible. Eh, it is. It's not, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. very nice. And then, but I do love when she. <laughs> oh, what have you done now? Oh my gosh, it's so And funny. I love when she says. Nothing, I just, well, I'm putting the bunny back with his little friends and I just, I sort of massacred them a little bit, but uh, that's life in the jungle, isn't it? Again, this whole, we're just going to say it popped mm-hmm. up. We talked about this before we were recording. This whole dinner is so is so good. Funny. Like, Every just line. go and watch it again because that's what we want you to, like, Every line just, is good. S- like, be entrenched in because it's so funny. And then he doesn't want another drink, but then Chase Bradford shows mm-hmm. up. So let's talk about Chase Bradford. Yes. Because ASP Rich, will, rich yep. People names. Yep. Like, Hortense Van Uppity, tight bun, lace collar, tiny poodle fictional friend chase Bradford. it's fair 
fairly it's fairly tame, but it is still very rich people yeah. name. Oh my gosh, everything about it. Emily's so sure that he's like a great guy for her. She's like Chase is a quality man. He has good breeding. He comes from a nice family. He makes a nice living. Which again is what she focuses it's, on is though. What she thinks is gonna matter. Yeah. Like she shows that she doesn't know her daughter at all. Mm-hmm. And I have to say I do not think Chase Bradford is good looking. I think he's boring, pompous, and insufferable and not good looking. Okay, here's here's my take on it. I always feel kind of bad when Emily says he's good looking and Lorelai says no. Because in the real world, that is a real man who's an actor who, like, they wrote into the script, you're not good looking. And no, he's not like Brad Pitt or, you know, Robert Redford or whatever. He's not like... Iconically I'm not handsome. He's a troll, but I'm just no. Saying, like, but I just I always he Emily acts like he's this like he's he's good like he's Peyton he's Sanders. Like, yeah, right. Peyton Sanders yes. was boring but gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. This guy is boring and pompous and not gorgeous. And also, again, this no offense to the actor who plays. Him, yeah, I'm sure they, they probably did a a little well, bit of yeah. like costume. Like let's and make hair. your hair not look great like, or let's whatever. Make you yeah, look like a pompous, gross man. Yeah, but again, and I I guess. Because I'm thinking of when she leaves and she says to Richard, like, that, that guy's guy boring. boring. Uh-huh. I think he is. But I would say, like, of the two, Rune was the worst date. Like, he might be boring, but he's, like, there. I mean, I don't, I, he's not she Rune. She also wanted to get out of that one. I know, but I'm saying. I don't think that that's the scale. <laughs> is Rune? The lens through which we should say, hey, measure men. Measure men. No, absolutely yeah. not. Rune was a nightmare. Peyton Sanders is boring. We'll get there later. Yeah. This guy is, he's so unaware of how... See, I don't feel like he's pompous, Oh, too. my gosh, he's so pompous. Like, okay, so I used to work in investment banking yeah. once upon a time. Yeah. I have met okay. Chase Bradford. Okay, So you have, a, like, a, a like context for it, which very, I don't really, so... very clear okay. category for of who Ch- that guy uh, for is. For Chase Bradford men. Okay. And, like, even the way he laughs and he's like... <laughs> Leopold and Loeb, they've passed on long ago. And it's like, of course they did. You're a grown man and these dogs you had when you were a child. Like, but... Lorelai oh delivers gosh. line after line. You know a little bit about selecting your locale, Richard. And he's like acting like that's like uh, he's so like yeah. trying to show how charming and important he is. Mm-hmm. And Richard's having none of it, which yeah, I love. Which I do love too. And then Lorelai just goes, Yeah, I would like to be picking my locale right now. And it's just he's everything she everything says she, is a zinger. Everything. I've said D-A-R-N. <laughs> I know you have. So We've both said many, it. Yeah. I say it all the time. I'm like D-A-R-N. And then everything when, about when he asks her what she wants to drink and she says, gin. And? Gin. And I wrote then, down everything. Everything is good. Everything is good. And then you can tell Richard is over it. Right. Which makes which second. makes Richard so endearing in this because mm-hmm. he just is like, oh my gosh, Emily's doing it again. And I can see why Lorelai mm-hmm. like, doesn't want anything to do with this guy. It's a comedy for the masses. It's but so my good. Favorite, my favorite. Oh my gosh, my favorite. So this is like something you have to like see and watch closely and look at it with the lines too is when he's talking about like that algorithm he has to like predict. I think I know what you're talking and about. And so that's at the same moment, R- Lorelai and Richard is pouring Lorelai a cup of coffee and she <laughs> gives Richard this like snarky yep. side eye where they are both like finding it funny because it's so painful and yeah. Emily is completely oblivious mm-hmm. but they like make this make eye contact and she has this mm-hmm. smile and he makes it back to her and then she just like gets this like go ahead ask her the questions yeah I 
die go ahead ask her the questions and then he like doesn't even get that she's being like, yeah sarcastic please, or please tell me when my mother's gonna yeah die. right like oh my gosh so good every time i thought you were gonna say like the visual scene of when she pushes richard the coffee like the carafe of coffee because she's so exhausted and well, like that's the same moment. it's the same moment but yeah. it, that's the visual get yeah it's so funny see and i think like yes i know we don't love emily always and they don't have a great relationship but to like literally want to know when your parent is gonna die that's pretty i don't know that's a pretty dark joke like i guess he's joking i don't think it's a dark okay. joke for, for lorelei i think <laughs> no, because I guess not. it's not she's not being real but she's right. also like trying to gro- like revel in the fact that she is so frustrated right with her and mom bored right now that she's just like go ahead ask yeah me question. i think it, i think it's hilarious um but i do think emily has a point about um, what when Lorelai is getting frustrated, like you set me up or whatever. Yeah. If she's going to set her up, she set her up with a completely wrong man. And mm-hmm. Emily is never going to set her up with the right man. No. I do think it's hysterical when Lorelai like describes like whack-a-mole Emily because oh, that's yeah. literally exactly <laughs> what Emily is like. But then she makes this the, the case like tonight, your daughter is celebrating her three-month anniversary. What was the last relationship you had that lasted that long? And so as much as I'm like, ooh, that's a tough thing to say, I think Emily does have a point. But the answer to that isn't set her up with someone who we all know that she's not going to like. The answer is Lorelai needs to go to therapy. Yeah. And again, I, I feel like I'm like contradicting everything you say. And it's not. Inte- it's okay. But it, it's like I feel like because I thought I've thought about that line, too. And I think it's kind of unfair of Emily because a few things like one, she has been raising a daughter and 16 is older, obviously, but it's like she has been raising a daughter and like working. And so from a perspective of just time and she lives in the smallest town, apparently known to man, like where you're going to meet somebody. And like, it just feels for lack of a better word, like this normative thing of like, you have to have a mate, which is very, sure. which is very Emily. Mm-hmm. I mean, till the end of the series. And having been someone who was single as an adult without a kid and without all this stuff, like, and maybe that's why it's a sore point of like, would you rather have her be in a quote unquote long relationship that she's unhappy in just to be able to say like, oh, I've been in a relationship longer than three months. Oh, I know. I get that. You know, I mean, I don't know. But my argument that Emily is right is not about that. It's not about the fact that Lorelai hasn't been in a long-term relationship because I absolutely don't think that that has anything to do with defining a woman's value or any of that stuff. Like, and I have all of the grace and patience in the world for the fact that, like you said, Lorelai has been working. She's a mom. Mm -hmm. She's trying to, she's been hustling. She's been figuring it out. Where Emily has a point is that, the reason Lorelai right. doesn't have a long-term relationship that, and we watch herself destruct her own relationships yeah. over and over again, because she doesn't have the emotional availability mm-hmm. to do that. Well, so or the said, getaway dance that she did with. That's, but that's what I mean. Yeah, with Max. She makes herself completely emotionally unavailable. Right. She will. She completely avoids anything that has to do mm-hmm. with um, attunement or intimacy. She's terrified of intimacy. Emily doesn't make the point that she thinks she's making. Right, exactly. She thinks yeah. she's making a point just around, like, you can't find a good man. Right, when or you reality, can't find a man, period. <laughs> when in reality, the point isn't that Lorelai can't find a good man or she can't find a man or that she even needs one. It's just that at this juncture, Lorelai does not have the emotional capacity to have a relationship right. that's lasting that long. Right. And so that's my point of why Emily, I think Emily is correct. I don't think it's for the same reason. Yeah, I do love, to the, the line about when, Look, Lorelai is just so disengaged at that dinner, and she's like, Boy, these carrots sure are tiny. 
It's just all <laughs> Everything is good. Everything I wrote down, good. like, the whole dinner is so good. And then the, like, monologue that she gives to Richard when he sees her, and she's like... I'm an adult now, and, 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 and I'm proud of who I have become, but I am begging you, please, please, do not make me go back down there, because... That guy is boring. Yep. And then he goes, she's not up here, Emily. Yeah. Like, it is so good. And it again, it makes Richard super endearing. Yeah. And it does make me curious of, like, I think if there, if something was different about the reality of the dynamic of the Gilmore family, if they were a little bit healthier, if the, mm. if the expectations were a little bit different, I think Richard... And Lorelai mm-hmm. are really similar in a lot oh, of ways. Oh yeah, well, and even Emily and Lorelai are similar in, oh, totally. in other ways too. Yeah, it's totally. like but they I, could find common ground. She constantly mm-hmm. is like, I, I can sometimes with my mom, but I, I never can right. with my dad. Right. I, but then we have scenes like this where I'm like, you could. Mm-hmm. It's just you both have these expectations of what being a parent should look like or mm-hmm. what being a daughter should look like. Right. And if you both just gave it up and put it down, you guys are probably really enjoy really, each other. And very similar in yeah, some ways. You guys yeah. would really enjoy each other. Yeah. I think my the rest of the stuff I have is pretty much segmenty stuff. Like we get not only do we get Rachel as mm-hmm. the character intro and Chase, obviously, mm-hmm. but we also get Summer mm-hmm. as Tristan's girlfriend. Oh my gosh, it looks like she's eating her face. <laughs> I love that line. I so love much. when she says it's not nice, but it makes me giggle every time when she says to Paris, "You have a long forehead." Banks would hide that. Summer. Oh, Summer's so awful. Because we do see her a little bit more. And we talked about this when we first saw her. She was the girl in Stars Hollow High and like Mm -hmm. the pilot doing her nails, which is so funny. So she has come back. Yep. So she's back. I did a coffee count. It was five. Oh, I only had four. Which four? Okay. So I have at Lorelei's, at Luke's, at Emily's, Mm -hmm. at the festival. Oh, and then in parentheses, I have on the table at Emily's, like at dinner, they have coffee, Mm -hmm. like assumed coffee. So that was my five. This is not really, well, it could be what are you wearing? What are you wearing? I love two things. I love Lorelai's outfit when she goes to Luke's, when she is walking and the star almost hits her, Mm -hmm. which also my sister and I have said that line. That has never happened before. That makes us giggle every time. (laughs) But great. Yeah. But that outfit, the brown coat with like the white shirt and the brownish paisley skirt and the brown boots. I don't know. It's so sharp and her hair looks great. Like Mm -hmm. that's such a good outfit. And then I also love when she goes to Friday night dinner, she's got the L bracelet on. Did you notice that? Mm -mm. Initial stuff. Do you remember this? Initial stuff was so big at this time, like bags and bracelets with charms. tops that had like... (laughs) Like a crystal L on it and like a purse that had a monogram on it. It was so big, the monogram. So anyway, she has a dangly bracelet that's got an L on it. And I was like, oh, that's so of the time. Um, Oh, quick pop culture thing. Okay. Um, So Leopold and Loeb, which you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Do you know who they were? Well, I just know there was a Meg Ryan movie called Leopold and Loeb, I think. (laughs) But I know it's like from something else. That was Kate and Leopold. Because once you hear Leopold and Loeb, you'll be like, that was not the Meg Ryan movie. It is not a delightful thing. But basically, it was two young men in 1924 who thought they could commit the perfect murder. And they killed a younger man, which is atrocious. I mean, it's atrocious anytime you kill anybody, but he was very young. And so they wanted to do the perfect crime. So, like, they thought they could outsmart everybody and do this perfect crime. So that's who Leopold and Loeb were. I'm basically just reading Wikipedia. They kidnapped him. Rachel. (laughs) 
What was that? I missed it. Wikipedia. Wikipedia with Rachel Pink. <laughs> is that the new theme song? Um, is that from something? Or you just, no, that's out of your head. Okay, I like it. Um, they did a fake ransom note. Okay. It was a whole thing. And they failed because they got caught. What a so. weird thing to name your dogs after. Like, but hey, I also okay, murderers. Here's the thing. And I am not advocating murder of any kind or this crime specifically but okay. i think Thank it's you a, for that yeah i just you know you gotta say it i've spent a lot of time with you so this <laughs> might go we're gonna see no 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 i think it's clever that they named dobermans known to be ferocious guard dogs as like i think in the show it's supposed it's to be funny. a clever funny nod of like you would have named your ferocious dogs after murderers but obviously we don't condone her on the show or ever. Um, nor, and, nor do we condone necessarily stigmatizing any breed of dog. Dogs, <laughs> yes. dogs are mean because of their owners, not yes, because of their breed. Yes, but again, because yes, they were guard dogs. Saying. And also the funny thing is too, in a later season, and I don't want to like totally oh, spoil it. No, Lorelai Lorelei says something about the twins being named Leopold and Loeb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a whole, that's a long time from now. So anyway, so that's that pulp, pulp, pulp culture. The pulp culture with Rachel Dick. <laughs> okay, so let's move into Pretty Hot Grab Bag. Pretty Hot Grab Bag. Because those were kind of like segmenty things, but I just yeah. went through them quickly. Oh my gosh. Oh, and also we sort of have vicariously follow social calendar. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, so what month do we think this festival. is? It's cold. I think it's like... Well, it's three months after her birthday, so it's... November, December, January. January. So I okay. think the Firelight Festival is... It might be around this time, it right feels, now. Let's all right. celebrate. I love the sly burn that Rory gives Dean when they're talking about Anna Karenina. Yeah. And she says... Also wrote for the masses, the common man. Yeah, she, like he's not even smart enough to... To read a book for the common man? Like, or just the fact that she's saying to him, he's like, it's confusing. And she's like, no, he wrote it for you, the common man. Like, that makes me laugh every time, even though it's not supposed to be that. Dean's reading... Like he still is at this point, though. Oh yeah, because like we, the the big personality shift has not happened. No, he still is at this point, are, like reading books we're and real close friends. Ugh, Dean. Does Dean ever come to the door? Because like when it comes to, he, <laughs> no, he he rings he, the doorbell. No, he, he doesn't. He I'm honks. sorry, he honks. Yeah, he honks. He honks. He does when he comes over, like in we saw it in the but, Donna Reed episode. Like, but no, he just this honks su- like she's fried chicken. But this is supposed to be a fancy night. Just like her dance, though. Come to yeah, the door. No, like, Dean I understood her telling Dean. He comes to the door a lot when he's not invited. I know. <laughs> so I understand them not having him come to the door for the dance because Emily was there. Right, and I if think that they was were intentional. To protect him from Emily. Right. But this time, it's just them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, honk. And she's like, just this. <laughs> Gotta <thing."> go. <laughs> like, do you, can you just come to the door? Yeah, no, apparently he can't be bothered. Um, speaking of doors and windows, uh, we got another. Person out of the window in this episode. Lorelai leaves yeah. through the window. People love windows in this yep. show. I have a note that was making me laugh that just says, which you'll know it means, septic tank inconsistency. Yes. <laughs> like, not until the year, year in the, the life. life where they talk about, actually, there's actually a whole bit about getting off the septic system. That's like a whole through line. So... Are they off the septic system? Yeah, Are and then they go back the on it. And yeah, yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. Septic tank mystery. Have you ever worried about clashing with the decor? <laughs> <laughs> no, but apparently both Lorelai and Rory do because later in this no, season. No, just Lorelai does. And you don't want to clash with the decor. Right, but I'm saying we hear it. Yeah, you're right. Because it's we hear Lorelei. it about Lorelai yeah. later this season. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Um, no, I don't really, I dress for comfort. So, well, and the thing is, is like the, and what does that mean? Clash with the decor? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, yeah, you want to make sure you're dressed appropriately for the venue, but like, she's talking like color palette. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The only time I ever think about like, am I wearing a color that I shouldn't be wearing is when I go to a wedding, for example, Mm -hmm. or a funeral, you'd wear black, but but yeah, at a wedding, the last handful of weddings that I've had for family, I have been fairly involved in the wedding party mm-hmm, for one right. reason or another. And so I always make sure I don't want to dress in the same color as the bridesmaids because right, I don't right. want to look like, like one of the a bridesmaids. Bridesmaid. But that's not the decor. The color yeah. palette of the event. That's it is insane. a thing, though, that Lorelai seems to think about. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. Do you call it hamburger or ground beef? Now, if I'd only bought some hamburger. I think that feels like a regional thing regional thing yeah. because I'm like I feel like I used to call it hamburger and now I call it ground beef oh, because okay. I li- like when I was real little I lived on the east coast so maybe it's oh, an east okay. coast thing because to me it's ground beef because a hamburger is hamburger but, I would but say, it's hamburger meat but I would say I do sometimes put on the grocery list like get some hamburger meat but usually yes. that's what I'm making the hamburgers qual- or the qualifier of hamburger meat yeah, yeah. but I normally w- it would only be when I'm making hamburgers that I would call it hamburger mm-hmm. meat otherwise I would just call it ground beef I mean she is making hamburger helper the more you say hamburger, it just sounds funny. Hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. <laughs> oh my gosh, so this cracks me up when she uh, is talking about the dream she had about Max and she goes, Dirty? No, absolutely not. And when you're 21, I'll tell you the real answer. I am that mom. Because okay, because I, I think it's weird that Rory asks is it dirty. I would never have thought to like ask my mom if a dream about an ex-boyfriend was dirty. Their relationship is like that. It like, is, I and they see, love the word dirty. But I so. think it's just really funny that she goes, <laughs> no, and I'll, and I'll tell you the right answer when you're older. Because I have, I'm not kidding. Once a week, my daughter will ask me a question, and I was like, and I'll like half answer it, and then she'll ask me more questions, <laughs> and I'll be like. I'm going to tell you the the truth about that when you're older. Like, and it's not because I don't think my daughter's capable of handling it, but it's just like there's a certain level of gratuity. Like, oh, yeah. I'm totally comfortable having fully candid conversations with my daughter when she's older and ready for it. Yeah. But she's also very curious. She's a mess and she's seven. So, but she's delightful. Yeah. She's delightful. So it's, yeah, I am that mom. And that's literally how I feel like. My daughter and I will be when she's That's a teenager. Which, again, confirms you are Lorelai, and I'm Rory. I am, I am Lorelai, yep. Okay, fun fact, which you may may know this. I don't know, and maybe it's not fun. I always find it fun. The mountain that you can see in the background in Stars Hollow, like there's sometimes when they're walking, there's a mountain in the background. Mm-hmm. That is the other side of the Hollywood Mountain. Oh, okay. Because, obviously, it's the Warner Brothers lot. Are there mountains in Connecticut? I mean, I think it's hilly, but is there Yeah, mountains? I mean, and I don't know how. I mean, it's pretty much a mountain. But anyway, I just always think that's funny. So what is 164th of your life? You want to figure <laughs> I did the math to figure out how. Okay, so Pop-Tarts, this is a segment we like to call <laughs> Math Fun with Rachel. Um, if you want to find out what 164th of your life is, you would take your age okay. in years, mm-hmm. multiply it by 12 to get how many months you've been alive. Okay. And then you would divide that Ew, by I hate that 64. Okay, I don't, uh, nope, we're done. I can't, <laughs> We have calculators on our phone. I'm- so basically 164th of my, and it, this is where I, it blows my mind because it seems like it should be higher. Um, so anyway, it was just funny because it, to me, I think it, it just speaks to like, when you're 16, a three month anniversary is a big deal because it's, one, because it's a long time. Whereas yeah. in our lives, like seven, eight months is not that long because I always think that I'm always like 164th, is that a lot? Anyway, I'm that's gonna okay. I'm going to do it and I'm going to check mine. Yeah, do it, do it with a calculator. Okay. Yours will be higher because you're younger than I am, but not considerably because you're not that much younger than I am. Minus seven and a half months. Yeah. 
So yeah, you so it's close. probably right. Yeah. So anyway, that so, so you've now also you been can re- retroactively figure out how old we are <laughs> and why we yeah. say adult women because yeah. that's an adult woman. Yeah, we're both uh, past age. kind um, of middle ageish. You don't ever say that in my presence again. How long do you want to live? Uh, like hundred and ten. Okay, then then you are not past. My middle grandmother age-ish. lived past hundred. I'm doing it. Past? No, thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> she lived on her own until she was ninety nine. It was awesome. Oof. Okay. Anyway, um, and she had her brain the whole time. So <laughs> she didn't. She didn't have it taken out. <laughs> She like was fully quippy. And I know smart what you mean. It's just a funny way to say it. She had her brain the whole time. <laughs> it's, I'm tired, you guys. I'm lucky so, if I have my brain sometimes right now. Yeah, I'm, it's been a long week. Okay, mm. how do you make a star-shaped hot dog? So I'm trying to think through the logistics of this. Ooh, so I just is, thought about how so you could do it. Is it that if you look at it like you're looking at the tube the long way, <laughs> and it's a star that's like it? Yeah, like long is, ways. Is it long still, like a tube, but then you hold it up and you're looking at it straight on. Like it's, it's been cut, star. yeah. No, 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 like they formed it somehow because we all know it's not real meat, so it's like do whatever yeah. you want. It's like a chicken nugget that's shaped like a Okay, dinosaur. that's what I was thinking, like a chicken nugget. or it, Like it's like hot dog meat's shaped like a star, like a chicken nugget. No, I was... But you're saying long ways, like looking long down it. And you hold it We're up. both making long <laughs> motions, which you can't see. You hold it up, and it's like you're looking down the tube. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like a star. it looks like a star. Like, if you cut it in slices, you <laughs> it would have It would be little, little stars. stars. Okay. Or is it that they, like, somehow, it's a long, one of those, like, foot-long hot dogs, <laughs> and they, like, bend it, and, like... <laughs> like a balloon animal? <laughs> what I just thought... That's it. what I always thought okay. of, and then I was like, you know what, I bet it's the tube way. No, I always thought... I always I always thought it was like the chicken nugget way, and then they put it on a stick. They just molded that's the not hot dog. A hot dog. That's a. That's if you take hot dog meat and mold it into a star, that's baloney. She cut like okay. stars. Or as you were saying it, what I thought maybe what they did was they go, went really like extravagant, and they took a stick and then put like like other sticks off of it to make it like, <laughs> and then each each stick has a hot dog on it. So like it's like a like kaleidoscope kind of six starred. <laughs> Hot dog situation. So you get like six hot dogs when you order them? Yeah, thing? I don't know. I always thought like for a long time, I was like, how would that logistically work on a bun? Because I was thinking like balloon animal style with like a foot long. And then I'm like, no, I bet it's the tube way. And if in case you're wondering, Pop-Tarts, this is why we have a podcast. Because when we say over discuss, I literally, we're both on the same page of anytime she says star shaped hot dog. I'm like, how would that actually work? <laughs> It's just such a throwaway line that if, doesn't matter. And if anyone comes from a place where you have ever experienced or encountered yeah, a star hot, dog. hot dog, please send it to us. Yeah, not the actual hot dog, but a picture of it. I will take a hot dog. <laughs> in the you, mail? Yeah, you can ship Portillo's from here. You can, you can. Like, in the mail, if you I know. can figure out a way to get me a star-shaped hot dog, I will eat it. <laughs> I will experience oh, it, I will take goodness. a picture of it, and I will eat it. Okay. Just for you all. Yeah, I think we will end on that um, hot dog conundrum. Yeah, I think we're out of strangers. Because we're both out of strangers. And join us next week for Season 1, Episode 17, The Breakup Part 2. Oh, here we go. Um, (laughs) If you enjoyed this podcast, this episode, or any of our episodes, go ahead and share them with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at GilmoredPod, or you can email us at GilmoredPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Like us, uh, rate us, (laughs) review us. us. Please, please. 
like us. Like also like the podcast, but if you like us too, that'd be really great. Um, we need the affirmation. Mm-hmm. So you can like, review, um, subscribe, all that mm-hmm. stuff helps. We love making the show and we want to keep mm-hmm. making the show and hopefully have more people enjoy mm-hmm. the chaos. And tell a friend. Yeah, because I think tell a friend is the best way that people can kind of find out about it. Yeah, share this with your friends, um, especially if they are experts in Starship, Starship hot dog yeah. making. cuisine. That would be super great. So <laughs> um, anyway, it's been real. Um, uh, if you do write a review or have written a review, you can email us and I will send you a sticker in the mail with Gilmore Girls Stationery. Oh my gosh, I haven't even gotten And washi letter. tape. You get letters I from me all the time. I letter, though. Didn't I send you one? No, but that's okay. Okay, I'll do it when I get home. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You send me letters all the time. We love mail. See you guys next time. Yep. And in the meantime, we will leave you with the wise words of Mrs. Kim. Boys, Boys don't, don't like, like funny, funny girls. girls.